Hello and welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlin. Um, and I will tell you my job status in a moment. Okay. And I'm Lydia Apostles, and I'm the associate pastor for evangelism and mission at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Vienna, Virginia. And we are Lit Liturgy, your favorite creative liturgy podcast. We are lit because honestly, this podcast slaps. We're on fire. We're sick. We're fab. We're on fleek. I don't even know all of the cool Gen Z verbiage right now. Because you aren't Gen Z. Right. Well, exactly. But we're also... Uh, we aren't super drunk, but we are drinking. So what are you having today, Lydia? I am calling this, making this up as I go along, honey. <laughs> and it's just, it's some Evan Williams honey um, bourbon that was in our stash uh, in combination with some black cherry seltzer. Because that's what I have. Combo. It's, it's um, like sweet and tart and it's nice. I like it. I'm having some chai liqueur because I am cleaning out my liquor cabinet and prepared to move because this is my uh, job status. I have finished my call at St. Paul's and Good Shepherd in Easton, Pennsylvania, and I'm on my way to be the director of evangelical mission and assistant to the bishop for youth and young adult ministry for the Arkansas, Oklahoma Synod. I'm really looking forward to those business cards because I think between that and my name, the font's going to be like size eight font. So always size so two. <laughs> Super teeny tiny. They don't, they don't uh, have, you just say the A-OK Synod? Um, I mean, people call it that. So I'll let you know in a month. So Send me a business card. That'd be awesome. Oh, yay. That's exciting though. But what else is exciting? Our theme music from Brian O'Dean, which is always awesome. So thank you. So this summer we are going to do a series about um, just some age milestones. So we're, uh, going to be talking about birth to third ish grade, uh, uh, kind of that lower elementary age bracket. And what are some things that happen in that, um, some ways that you can celebrate both in the entire congregation and also gives, uh, tricks and blessings to parents to celebrate those milestones in their house. Um, yeah, we have a lot of them. We're kind of saying third grade as like, it's flexible. And some of these things that we'll talk about, you may not celebrate until older and some you might do young, well, not younger than birth. Um, but uh, some of the things we talk about next time you might do younger. So just to give you an idea, but we kind of thought third grade is a good break because that's when for reading, they talk about that's about when you switch from learning to read to reading to learn. So all right. Ooh, that's a good demarcation. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start with baptism. We could start with birth, but honestly, just leave that poor woman alone. Who, <laughs> when she's in the hospital, send her a card, send her some meals. But I think even at birth, there, there's so much about you can use your fearfully and wonderfully made and a sign of a cross. Um, and you can um, have a lot, but I think in a lot of times birth, it's, it's like the blessings that need to happen is more for the mom than the one, the person giving birth than is yeah, for the child, um, that is being born. So yeah, let's skip that and just talk about baptism instead. Yay. We also, we talked a lot about baptism in our previous episode, baptism bubbles, December, that was 2019, right? Yes. Um, but some things, that you could do anyway is 
you can always celebrate the anniversary of your child's baptism by lighting their baptismal candle, celebrate with some water, pick a special song, have a cake because why not? Or, you know, have some fun bread too. If it's, you know, communion, Uh, um, you can also do some things at, I mean, yes, we've talked a lot about baptism in that episode. So go back and listen to it. Uh, but I think also that baptismal anniversary is so important because, um, we don't celebrate it, but that's actually how we originally celebrated birthdays is because people weren't baptized or people were baptized so close to their birthday that they actually remembered their baptismal anniversary than their birthday. And it's actually how the baptismal candle is how we ended up with candles on our cake today. So you can make that connection when you light that baptismal candle at, um, when it's their baptismal anniversary. And I think also doing some of that liturgy of, especially the signing with the cross, um, and saying that they are marked with the cross of Christ and sealed by the Holy spirit forever is a great thing to do uh, at a baptismal anniversary. And if you don't want to celebrate, like, well, you could celebrate baptism just every single week. I'd be okay with that. Hopefully you would, would be too, but another good day to do it is the baptism of our Lord happening in January. Just have everyone bring their baptismal candles in, light them all up. That'd be very lit. (laughs) And also have some extra candles available for people who have no clue where their baptismal candle is. And I am raising my hand here right now because that is me. Um, And also like my uh, previous, now previous congregation, they used to do, or still do, used to pre-COVID times, a, um, uh, like they would celebrate everyone's birthday, a birthday bash is what it calls, they they call it. And they would celebrate everyone's birthday at once. And we moved it to baptism of our Lord Sunday in order to celebrate everyone's birthday on our baptismal and kind of tied it in there a little bit. All right. So another big thing that happens in the church at, uh, normally about that third grade milestone, but really should be done multiple times is giving of Bibles and really, really do this multiple times. You can do a very basic storybook at their baptism or when they're one years old, do a larger storybook at like three, or, um, you can also do something like there's a Bible story board book collection that you can give them once a month throughout that entire first year of their life or the first year after they're baptized, if they're baptized as an infant, um, something that's more readable in the third or fourth grade. Cause again, that's that switching from learning to read to reading, to learn. I really, really, really want someone to write the equivalent of a Bible. That's like a chapter book, like the early chapter books, um, where the stories are more in depth than a storybook, but not the full verse by verse translation. Um, because, like the NRSV and the common English Bible and all of those are not readable for a third grader, but like a fifth grader or even for a fifth grader, but a fifth grader is also going to be insulted to read the storybook version. So I really want that in between chapter book version. So somebody out there, write that please. I might, I take up the challenge. Someone else can too, please do. Let's have multiple versions. Yeah. We can have multiple versions or multiple chapters because you're right. Um, even what is that? There's like a sort of a novel version of the Bible of the NIV. Is it called the story? There's the story. And then there's also the message uh, like, and they're again, more readable, but they're more readable for adults than they are. Like the story takes over a lot of that, like 
the genealogies or the other stuff that's like chunks of, um, you know, the parts that you would fall asleep through when it's describing in detail what the temple is going to look like and like condenses those and then focuses more on some of like the character stories. So, yeah. So we need the story for like chapter books. Yeah. I love that. And even the story kids is not chapter book version. So. Oh, I didn't know there was a kid version. Yeah, there is. There is the story teen and then there's the story kids as well, I believe. So now I'm going to look that up right now while you talk about VBS. All right. Yeah. Well, obviously we need more versions and that sounds really exciting. Anyway, so we are kind of going back to a sort of a semi-normal VBS from, you know, last year, whatever COVID was. So we're actually doing in-person VBS this year outside. Um, as many other congregations are doing. And this upcoming Sunday, we'll be doing our Vacation Bible School blessing of both the helpers and the students. And my congregation, like many others, are doing kind of a hybrid. We are still streaming online. And we have people who are physically present in the pews. And so what we're going to be doing is the students and helpers who are present in worship during the blessing, we're doing it at the end of the service, they'll stand up. Um, we'll have shirts for them. The people at home won't have their shirts yet, but we're going to invite the people at home also to stand up wherever they're at. It's sort of patterned like the baptism service responses, but also sort of like a commissioning or even like an ordination service where, um, it's sort of like, do you, you know, promise to, you know, use your time and take this seriously, but also of course have fun. I'm including the verse from the curriculum that we're using. We're doing Knights of the North Castle. So I'm going to include that. I think it's Ephesians. So if anyone wants to to copy my blessing, I'll put it on the Facebook page if you want to use it. And I'm going to do something for both the volunteers and for the learners. Because usually, at least I've seen it more often where you're kind of just blessing the volunteers and the staff rather than just the learners slash students too. So I'm having the volunteers respond to all of their things by saying, yes, and I ask God to help me. Then I'm going to have the students and learners respond to theirs, something fun, like, oh yeah, amen, or something (laughs) kind of creative and fun. Um, So that's what we're doing. And then I was gathering ideas on various Facebook groups <laughs> and a friend of mine, uh, Kay Roloff, she suggested for me to say, may your paint be washable, your snacks be plentiful, and your glitter stay exactly where you put it. And a true VBS blessing could not be spoken. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, something similar is that blessing of the helpers and the leaders and the students also at the beginning of this, uh, Sunday school year or at the school year. And we've talked again in in some past episodes about like, I think it was like bless all the shit episode. Um, I think that might've been the fall of 19 of, um, you know, blessing backpacks and blessing, um, various things at the start of the school of the school year, but you can do a very similar, uh, blessing that you're doing for VBS at the start of the school year. All right. So those are the things that mainly take place within the congregation. So now how about some milestones for kids that take place 
not as much inside the congregation, but still are like, well, a big fucking deal for parents, especially. I mean, like, I personally don't care the first time your child poops in the toilet, but I know parents are ecstatic about that milestone because it means like they're seeing the end of diaper bills. <laughs> so, um, so what are some of those milestones? Um, yeah, well, any of the firsts um, that we, we've thought of a bunch of them, like first words, bl- do a blessing of the mouth. You could make a sign of the cross. Um, think about a blessing uh, for that first steps. That's a big one. Yep. So blessing of the feet. And so for those, there's a beautiful blessing that takes place in the welcome to baptism liturgy from the renewing worship stuff from the ELCA. And I think it's a bunch of other places. So it's like the, the mouth is like made, um, receive the sign of the cross on your mouth so that, uh, your, your words may be Christ's words or something like that, or, and on your feet so that you may walk in the way of Christ. And they have like the eyes, the shoulders, the ears. So you could kind of like portion that out or take that as a pattern. So when you get some of these first, it's similar. So first solid food, bless the plate. The first time they are with a babysitter or caregiver, that's not the parents. Um, you know, there's going to be those tears. And so blessing of the tears, um, and have, you know, maybe say maybe, Psalm 23. <laughs> yes. Honestly, more appropriate there than at a funeral. Um, Probably. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah 55 about, about growing, okay. uh, about uh, God's word giving growth. That's actually something that can be done throughout these, but also like for the first tooth. Um, the first bath uh, is a re- baptismal remembrance, even though most of the time you're going to have that before the ba- first bapt uh, before their baptism. Um, but also being blessing of arms and being cradled in God's arms. So maybe this is also a blessing, not for the kid, but also the parents throughout this. Um, yeah, some of both. Um, and then sort of related to that uh, blessing of the diaper bag, maybe would be something the parents would respond to especially if maybe you are at a baby shower or if the, or if the diaper bag was being given as gift or as you're cleaning out <laughs> your diaper bag periodically, you can remember cast your burdens on Jesus <laughs> and Jesus is with us in the mess. I'm just thinking about how gross a diaper bag must be when it's cleaned out. Anyway, don't have kids. Um, so, and these first continue into the toddler years. So there's the milestones of like the, maybe the first time they sleep in their own room. And then you can do a room blessing that's taken out of the house blessing part and not do the whole house blessing, which I mean, at least in Lydia and my mind includes a toast in every room. So maybe not do that because it is a toddler's room. Um, but use that blessing or Psalm one twenty one five of the Lord watch over you. God will not, uh, will not fall asleep. You can do the same thing when they get the new bed, move from the, uh, the crib to the toddler bed. Um, and Psalm four, eight is good for that. I will both, uh, lie down and sleep in peace for you alone. Oh Lord, make me lie down in safety. Um, very similar blessing. The first time they sleep through the night. Oh, amazing how that happens. And just that blessing. Um, or you can keep trying to say that phrase every night until they sleep through the night. Um, so, 
uh, first time they dress themselves or put on their shoes, you can do Colossians three fourteen of put on your love. Uh, and also with that, uh, you can also do the, oh, I forget which Corinthians it's from of arming yourself, um, with God's, you know, uh, putting on God's armor. So, cause you know, kids have the imagination that they are putting on the breastplate of God. You might have to tell them what a breastplate is, but well, that's, that's the theme for, uh, Knights of the North castle. It's all about put on the armor of God and all that fun stuff. (laughs) But I'm going to guess most of the VBS kids can dress themselves generally. Yeah. Um, and yes, you know, the, so when they successfully potty train, one of my favorite random verses is Deuteronomy 24, 12, I believe I should have looked this up beforehand. Um, it's something, uh, uh, along the lines of you are to have a place outside your camp in which you are to go and carry with your equipment, a, um, a trowel. It's not Deuteronomy 24, 12. I will find what it is, but yeah, you shall have a, um, a place outside your camp in which you are to go and carry with your equipment a trowel so that you can bury your excrement. So that's always a fun one for when they potty train. I just Ugh. get the silent laugh from Lydia on that one. Yep. <laughs> well, some of the other kid milestones. I was off 2313. So. Oh, oh. And we're at well uh, it's 12 through 13. So 12 is you must have a place outside your camp to go and relieve yourself. And you must in 13, you must uh have a digging tool in your equipment so that when you relieve yourself, you can dig a hole to cover up your excrement. 14 for the Lord, your God walks through the camp to protect you and deliver your enemies for to you. Your camp must be holy lest he see anything unclean among you. So that also made me think it's sort of related, but isn't Jeremiah the prophet who like buried his underwear for three years? I think so. Yeah. I don't think this, I don't think it was for unsuccessful potty training that he did that though. But you never know. He could have had an accident. Maybe that's a good one for when they have an accident. Oh, there you go. We're not going to bury it for three years, but like, it's okay. Okay. It will all be all right. So, um, so another thing, I don't know why we have it in this order in our outline, but, uh, first communion, again, some of your churches will celebrate it in third grade. Some of you older, Some of you do it with baptism. That's what I prefer. Um, But if you are interested, we have a few that we've talked about communion, specifically rip and dip or shots and dots from our orders series from January of 19. You can also check out the July of 18 um, stories of, which was more focused on the summer of bread of the liquid beer, solid or liquid, liquid bread, solid beer um, one, which would be good to listen to right now is it's the summer of bread again. We will be promoting that because summer of bread, it's coming. I'm so glad I don't have to preach weekly. I can just like have one sermon for all six weeks. I have a colleague who we're sharing. (laughs) So anyway, um, you can, as some things for that first communion of, you can make bread together and also, um, like ceramic cups, do be aware that if you have someone like my husband in your 
uh, in your congregation, if they see the little cup pinch pot cups that kids make, he will refer to them as baby's first shot glass, but that's our child's first shot glass. Um, but Hey, they're a great thing for the kids to see. Uh, you can crush some grapes for juice, or if you have someone in your congregation who makes wine, they can come and talk about the process, maybe show off some of the equipment. Cause it is very time consuming and like you make it and then you let it sit for, you know, quite some time. And so you don't know how it's going to be. Um, and then something, uh, if you want to do a personalized gift for some of those milestones, um, something that I've made is, and I completely stole this idea off of Etsy. I bought one for my nephew's baptism, and then I've made them since, um, cause it's fairly simple graphic design is you can take the child's name and you would mirror it a bunch of different times. So it then forms into the, the name becomes the cross, a cross, and then you can do, uh, above it, something about their name um, baptized or first communion or confirm affirmation of baptism. And then underneath it says surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and then have all the people who are there that Sunday sign it. So, and it would be kind of cool to have one of these for their baptism and another one at their first communion and another one at their confirmation. And it's, you know, you just need like cardstock paper, eight and a half by 11, nothing too fancy. And they can, if you're going to frame it, do cut it down before you allow people to sign it just because eight by 10 versus eight and a half by 11. Cause we're weird in this country. Um, but that would be a really cool thing is just a personalized gift. And it doesn't cost money other than a little bit of time to do the graphic design stuff. So you're starting your kids with their cross walls early. <laughs> It's never too early for cross walls. My cross walls already packed and it makes me sad, but I fit them all in one trunk. So, oh my, I'm really impressed. No, not all of them. That's wrong. I fit the majority of them. Yeah. Um, just listeners. I have a, a wall that is covered in crosses from our travels and from gifts. And there's something like 70 plus crosses on this wall. So yeah. Which being a pastor is like not entirely surprising. No. Cause I'm sure all of you have tons and tons of crosses. Yeah. And going back to first communion, have the kids distribute, help yes. distribute communion. Absolutely. And, even, and even if they don't, and this is one of those things, like, even if you have a large group, they don't all have to commune the same Sunday and have it be first communion Sunday for all the kids who can be there, like have it over the course of a few weeks. And then whoever is there helps commune each week, because let's be honest, trying to get, if you even have like five kids trying to get them all there on the same Sunday, almost impossible. Oh, you could do it over the course of summer bread. That would be a really good way to break it up. Oh Boom. my gosh. Yeah. If yeah. Are brilliant. If you did not do first communion this last year because of COVID summer of bread. There you time. go. We just solved all your summer of bread problems. Yay. Go us. A couple of other kid milestones we sort of skipped over. We kind of had a weird order. Um, for we, I think we already talked a little bit about kind of the first day of school backpacks. Um, we had we t- we sort of addressed uh, first tooth, but also you could talk about a loss of tooth, teeth, tooth. Oh yeah. Um, I found Second Corinthians five seventeen. Everyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has become new. It'll new teeth are coming kids. Yeah. 
Also, don't do a concordance lookup for teeth. There's weird things. Yeah. I I like sheep. I regret it. (laughs) Give kids nightmares. Don't do it. Yeah. Like teeth of lions and your teeth are dirty and it's just weird. Don't do it. And I'm sure we're all going to do it, but that's fine. That's your choice. Um, And the last one is uh, getting dropped off at daycare, or you could also use this for if you share custody um, and, you know, situations where uh, step parents and ex-spouses are uh, sharing custody of their children to make a sign of the cross on the child's forehead and to say something simple like, remember, God loves you. And I do too. And that can just be a, an everyday uh, ritual. So. Very true. All right. I'm sure we have not exhausted all of the small child uh, rituals, but that's a good amount of them. <laughs> and if you thought of something for young kids between now and then, uh, let us know and we will add it to next time when we record, which will be more about middle ages for kids. Not the middle ages. <laughs> no, no, no. Middle aged youth. Yeah. So, like upper elementary, middle school, maybe yeah. even high school a little bit. All right. Yeah, and to wrap up this section, um, Katie Schwinn Williams shares that in the normal non-COVID times, at least once a year, she would narrate a Bible story and invite the small children to come and act it out as a sermon, which is actually really cute. Also, they do the call to worship every week again during non-COVID times. So yeah, easy peasy ways to get your youngest disciples involved in worship. Yep. And we've have also had episodes about getting kids involved in worship. So check those out, out too. Um, because I think one of them is kids don't bring, make their own germs is the title of one of the episodes. So, um, yeah. Why don't you start the shots? All right. So our shots, uh, just an FYI on our shots, we are talking about the thematic old Testament readings, which are the ones that the Lutheran church does though. You know, I personally prefer semi-continuous, but I honestly do not care this year because I'm not preaching on most of them. Um, yay, new gig and transferring in the midst of this. Um, and, and also a good theme is that a lot of the old thematic old Testament readings is a lot of the prophets either like from the prophets or it's in the histories, but about the prophets. So you could actually just do a summer theme on the prophets. And that's also a good way to get out of your summer of bread. So, uh, we're going to start July 4th, uh, which the old Testament reading is Ezekiel two, one through five, which is the call of Ezekiel. It's a good time to share call stories, why you are a pastor, why your church members do their vocation. Why are your church members, church members at that church versus somewhere else? What can't made it come here? There's also the verse stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And we, uh, this is again, 4th of July. So you can, if you want to tie it in a little bit, but without being overly patriotic and let's, you know, just worship the country and not God, um, you can talk about standing at attention, being a sign of respect, or, and you can also connect that to other signs of respect, eye contact, saluting someone, having a standing ovation, taking a knee, calling people, sir, ma'am. Um, and so that a sign of respect of ha- uh, in the midst of it. The gospel reading is Mark six, one through 13. It's the sending of the 12. And so it's that packing, going on a trip, being overly prepared. Um, 
there was a meme going around this week about like what I do to prepare for vacation versus what my husband does to prepare for vacation. Um, and so you can kind of talk about the, you know, the mom who has all of the, you know, everything that you might possibly need on just a trip and is so overly packed. Um, I just was on a, a weekend trip with some friends, uh, two weekends ago for a friend's wedding. And one of us, well, the other two women that I was doing the road trip with are both moms, but the one is a mom of older kids. And so she had all the stuff of like baby wipes. So when we needed that and extra napkins, and I think at one point somebody needed a, uh, like a nail clipper and like, she had it all. If we needed something, I'm sure she had it. So talking about that, Husbands, this is your call to figure out how to not just pack for yourself. <laughs> so it's also the profit, not being uh, not in their own hometown. So that idea of you can't go home again and talk about young adults who are returning from college work, military. I just heard recently, we are at the highest percentage of 18 to 29 year olds living at their parents' houses in pretty much recent history, or like maybe all of our country's history. Um, so what does it mean that for them to come home again and maybe actually envision and dream of some young adult ministry that you and your congregation can do because you have the young adults there. A lot of them are living at home. So, but are they actually showing up in worship and what can you do to maybe help them be part of the life of the congregation, even if it's not on a Sunday morning? So there's also the idea about sending the disciples out two by two. And so you can have a summer prayer, buddy, draw names of someone else that you're going to pray for over the summer or make pairings, you know, and you can kind of do this. So it's people that you maybe they know of each other, but they don't know each other and encourage them to meet at some point do a service project together. If they're comfortable with it, um, being in person, but they can also do meet over zoom and have a service project that way. Um, and just being that person that I'm going to pray for you this summer. So great thing to think about. Yeah. All right. July 11th, Amos 7, 7 to 15. That's where Amos is saying, see, I'm setting a plumb line. So a really easy thing you could do is actually make a plumb line and demonstrate how it works. Of course, a plumb line is just a weight on a string. <laughs> it's a very difficult instrument to make. It's so hard, but we all kind of know what it's supposed to do, making things uh, straight level and all that kinds of, all that kind of stuff. Or if you have members of your congregation who work in construction, house building, that is like something that's really been in the news lately as far as like access to like lumber is in short supply. Um, have someone bring an actual level. Like it'd be kind of fun if someone brought in like a gigantic, one of those gigantic ones and then demonstrate how it works with like the little bubbles. And I think the kids would maybe think that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. And connect that to the housing market right now. I have a feeling that by July, I mean, July is like almost on top of us at this point, it's not going to slow down. And the social inequities that were already existing in the housing market crazy system, we just bought a house like three months ago so like we, we, and you just literally just just bought a house not official yet <laughs> ah um but close but very close 
um, just, uh, we just got a taste of that. And we, you know, my husband and I are both like, you know, fairly privileged, you know, we were lucky, <laughs> very blessed in a lot of ways. And so we still, this, I wouldn't say the process is fun mm-hmm. for anyone. And also the rent moratorium is going to be most likely canceled by then. Um, so that's something to think about as well. Exactly. So Amos is, this is exactly the thing type of thing that Amos is calling out is social inequities, rich, getting richer, poor, getting poorer. Um, people say of the Bible, Oh, stop being political in your sermons. We'll tell Amos that. <laughs> so good luck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mark six, um, more fun. Mark six, 14 through 29 is the beheading of John the Baptist. Yay. So this is not the summer of cushy texts by any means. So this would be a great day for liturgical dance. No, don't do that. Do it. Envision Solomon's daughter, that she danced so well that the king was willing to give him, give her half of, you know, anything she wanted, including half of her, his kingdom. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. So I looked it up and this week does coincide with Shark Week. I think Shark Week starts on July 11th. So if you have any shark nerds, I like Shark Week. Um, It does tie in, at least I think so, um, with Herod in this text. I do not get this connection at all. And you've already explained it to me. But It might be a little bit of a stretch, but it could be a fun connection. So the... The ocean is not a safe place to go to, at least not for people. (laughs) When you're in the sharks, there was, there was a video or a meme a while ago that was like, if you're in the shark's house, like the shark's going to eat you. If the chicken is in my house, I'm going to eat the chicken because this is my house and my rules. When we're in the shark's house, we respect the shark. And like the court of Herod is a dangerous place to navigate politically. And John paid the price for how he spoke out about the things that he saw that was going on. He paid the ultimate price of being a prophet. And that's the risk that he knew he was taking and he paid for it. So um, I like comparing Herod to a shark, except that kind of makes the shark look bad and sharks are not actually evil. So don't go that route. But um, but yeah, some places we're going to go, be called to go, are not going to be fun, happy, happy, joy, joy, lattes and snowflakes places. Yes. So that's that's what I would do. Don't do that if you don't want to. Um, but I like Shark Week. Another direction you could talk, you could go is talk about how Herodias's daughter is often vilified and like said as complicit in this violence. But really, I mean, she's just a kid and she's just doing what the adults in her life are telling her to do to try to survive and um this could be a good tie-in to talk about the very real reality of bullying and victim blaming that are just so evident right now especially in school online all right july 18th the old testament rating is jeremiah 23 1 through 6 is that the shepherd is coming so you can do all the things that you didn't do for the good shepherd sunday um you can also uh have that conversation about who's being good and bad shepherds right now and then also who are we missing um especially as we start to return more to in-person worship who are the people that are missing from this community both those who are there 
prior to the pandemic who may not have returned, but also those who were never part of the community and who's the one who's missing. And there's uh, the verse, then I will, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock. And uh, that entire idea about being able to gather in crowds again, and what does that look like? Um, Which kind of contradicts the gospel lesson of Mark six, various verses about Christ healing a multitude where Jesus came, uh, came away to a deserted place by yourself and rest a while. And just, so those introverts who have to get used to being in crowds again, who for the last 15 months have been able to like completely introvert and not have to worry about being overwhelmed in crowds, but now like a crowd of five people can be overwhelming. So um, you can yeah. kind of use the two to counterbalance this idea about getting back in, in, in crowds again. And both those who are ready to gather in a flock and be part of a larger community again, but also those who need the deserted place by ourselves to rest. It's also has Jesus on a boat when he is uh, preaching to the group. And so he's preaching from a safe distance. Um, and so you can maybe even put a boat, whether that's like a canoe or a kayak or something, and just sit in the boat and preach from it might be good. And there's a few times throughout the summer months, almost every year that there's sometimes that Jesus preaches from a boat. So always a good thing. Um, and then, uh, I think this is the one where the woman comes and touches the edge of his coat. It's like a bunch of people like try to touch him. Oh yes. I don't know if it's just one, it might be a bunch and they want to like, just even if they can reach just the edge of his coat. And um, you can have people think about or bring in an item of someone who is deceased that when they have it with them, they feel that person's presence with them. So whether it's like a scarf of their grandma's or grandpa's watch or, you know, a, um, a gift that a friend gave them before they died, you know, something like that which you will always think of that person when you see it and how even objects in, even if you aren't superstitious, objects still have power. Objects still have um, the ability for us to feel someone's presence. And, and so here are people trying to get closer to Jesus so that they can feel his presence. All right, July 25th, it's the start of the summer of bread. <laughs> let's and get the crowd goes not wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's get ready to gluten. <laughs> or not. Um, Second Kings 4, 42 through 44. Elisha feeds 100. That's about it. <laughs> That's well, what about everything we were going to say also coincides with John six, one through 21 of the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah, exactly. That is basically like a retread. So, which is fine. Um, it is the yeah. thematic old Testament reading, right? But you could, you could talk about who Elisha was and I don't know. I say Elisha. Mm-hmm. I, I know some people say Elisha. Yeah. Or Alicia, Alicia. Um, it's, it's like Elijah jr. <laughs> that guy <laughs> but a lot of people don't even know who elijah is so. Yeah. so so oh so you could take this opportunity to talk about who elijah and elisha was and yeah mm-hmm. again you yeah. can have a summer of prophets instead of a summer of bread exactly because both of them are really cool prophets and did a lot of awesome things so dig into some second kings but if not you could always kick off the summer of bread 
with the good old John 6, 1 to 21, feeding of the 5,000 men. So I think this is the one that's like 5,000 men, and but like not including the, women and children. Not including women and children. I'm going to go it out of limb and say that that's what's going on right now. Becca's going to back me up and I'm going to keep talking. This would I'm be a, right now. It would be a great Sunday to do an outdoor potluck. I think as we move into the summer, it'll be, you know, safe ish to um, eat together. No, That's there was thing. about 5,000 in all. Oh, just kidding. But sometimes it says, does say like X number of men. So check to <laughs> your checking. <laughs> Thank you. Um, a fun thing you could have someone do during your sermon is someone could be carrying a backpack full of bread and distribute that bread during commute or during uh, your sermon as you're talking about bread. Cause like, honestly, if you're talking about bread, some people might be getting hungry. I know I would be getting hungry talking about bread so much and then spread the love, spread the bread as you're talking, everyone have a little snack. You could tell stories. I know a lot of people I know have stories of when communion was going to run out and didn't. Yep. You thought I, you were going to not have enough bread or not have enough wine for everyone. Right. Although I have a story of uh, when I did run out of communion, but then I was able to say to people, more is coming. Sorry, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> so that's fun too. Um, another thing you could do, we talked a lot, a lot, a lot about the summer of bread other episode you referred to and I think one of the things we did talk about was making a breadscape have um artsy people in your congregation create out of bread um artwork a scene you really you want bakers in your congregation that when they uh because my dad's made them because my dad's a baker it was like they you can create something out of the dough before it rises let it rise and then you bake it and so like I know he's made them that looks like wheat and grapes because he's made that for his church. And then once you are done baking it, you can either just put it out if they bake it on Saturday and put it out there for Sunday, or you can shellac the shit out of it. And then it can be up there for the entire summer of bread. So, and you could make it into a contest because I think the great British baking show had, had something like this where they had to make a scene or like a creation of animal or something out of, out of bread. And they did this thing. So that's fun. So do that. All right, done with shots. Our chaser today is digivangelism. It's D-I-G-I-V-A-N-G-E-L-S-I-M.org. Digivangelism is um, co-operated by one of my good friends, Sammy Kelly, and one of her friends. Um, and they have been doing digital ministry and doing and talking about evangelizing about the greatness of digital ministry since before the pandemic. Um, and so they just came out with a new ebook called Be the Church Online that you can get through their website. You can also get through Amazon and a few other places. Um, so, and it's not that expensive. It's less than 10 bucks for their ebook. There is also, they also have a weekly video that comes out on their Facebook and YouTube page that talks about um, something in online ministry. So that can be like the last, this last week, they've been talking about hashtags and where to put your hashtags and what, how to create a church hashtag. That's maybe a little bit more fun than, you know, church name city, you know, 
hashtag church name city. Um, so they have done entire, they've done video packet, um, uh, videos about when there are new online, uh, new social media companies, uh, apps out there and what they are. So even the ones that even the cool kids don't quite have access to yet and how your church maybe might be able to use them, but also they're very clear about don't overwhelm yourself and use the big ones of Facebook and, and, uh, YouTube and Instagram and Twitter as your big four. Um, they also have packages that you can get for different liturgical seasons. So they did them for Lent of here's a bunch of posts that are pre-made ready to go that you just have to download and then upload onto your own digital ministry. So that is along with the rec, um, uh, revised common lectionary, I do believe. So you can get stuff like that. I believe they are going to have more of that. And they also allow for some coaching. So if you are interested in like, Hey, we need somebody to look at our website. How can it be better? How can that, or they'll look at your online ministry, um, profile and kind of give you some tips and tricks of how to make things better without overwhelming you, not having to have and hire another full-time person to do all this. And they just, Sammy was just the speaker at one of the speakers at the online church conference the other week, which I think you might be able to, um, get video of. So a recording of that webinar. So check out Digivangelism and D-I-G-I evangelism. That sounds, that sounds amazing. It is. Sammy's a pretty awesome person. So in the meantime, well, after you check out Digivangelism, you can also check us out on um, Facebook and Twitter. You give us some updates about uh, what you thought of some other milestones for that birth to three age group or birth to third grade age group. Um, but also help us out with some ideas for the next age group. The fourth. Yeah, we want your BYOB. You could be podcast famous. So we're continuing the next series, the next part of our summer series, which will be like fourth-ish graders to eighth-ish graders. So like kind of encompassing late elementary and, uh, Third some confirmation. Yeah. Confirmation. Yeah. Like early confirmation, early, early would that be early adolescence? Yeah. So early adolescence. Teen, tween into teenage years. So eighth grade-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So confirmation-y things. So head us up with some ideas. And as always, thank you, Brian O'Dean, for your amazing theme music. And in the meantime, this is Becca. And this is Lydia. And we remind you to always drink and plan worship responsibly. Cheers, friend. Cheers. How is your honey bourbon raspberry seltzer combo? It's good. I did not put enough ice in it, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. I do. I like the I. I I'm glad I picked the black cherry to kind of, cause it is a bit of a sweeter. That is a very sweet, sweet. So I, I usually cut it. I mean, I usually, you know, put seltzer. I don't, don't usually drink my bourbon or whatever straight anyway. Um, but like, yeah, the, the sourness of the cherry is like perfect. It's very re- kind of refreshing. <laughs>